Hi, welcome to the Movement for Modern Life podcast. I'm Kat Farrance and I'm founder of the Movement for Modern Life, known as the Netflix of yoga. In this podcast, I'll be exploring ways that we can all move more freely towards a healthy, happy and sustainable life. I'll be meeting teachers and experts in a variety of different fields. I'll be sharing with you some of my tips and tools that I have in my toolbox so you can take your small steps towards a healthy, happy, sustainable life. Welcome to episode nine of our Champions of Change series. I'm Kat Farrance, founder of Movement for Modern Life, and in this series I'm talking to fascinating people who are changing the way that we think about things, changing our approach to health, happiness, sustainability to life. And in today's session, I talk to Adriana Zaccani, and she is absolutely phenomenal because she is changing our approach to healthy practices. And we're all used to being told that we need to move more. And obviously, that's a key part of our message, because we all have such a sedentary lifestyle. But the other thing that we also have is we also have a sense of overwhelm, a sense of busyness. And if you're anything like me, it just feels like there's no full stop in life. You're always on the go. And what Adriana proposes is something incredibly radical, which is restfulness. She's a really talented restorative yoga teacher, but she's very different in her teaching style to many restorative teachers because she is somebody who, well, she'll speak for herself, but it's about silence, it's about space for yourself, and it's about rest. And she's got some really great ideas about how us really busy, overwhelmed people can incorporate some of these teachings into your everyday life, and of course, the benefits of it. And we discuss, well, why is it good to maybe start to move away from sensation seeking? What happens when we do that? What's the difference between meditation and restorative yoga? What's the difference between yin and restorative yoga? And how is it that it will change our life? And why is it so damn radical? Anyway, with no further ado, I really hope you enjoy. So I'm delighted today to be joined by Adriana Zaccardi. Do you want to correct me on the pronunciation of your name? No, that, that was perfect, Kat. Thank you. <laughs> Brilliant. So mm. Adriana, we have come to know each other. Is yeah. through your passion for restorative yoga and rest, which is something that I'm only just starting to learn about. But I would really, I'd love for in this conversation for you to be able to share with folks why it's such an important thing and how it became your passion. How did it become your passion? Oh, well, thank you for having me. It all sort of began in my very first teach training. It was a key element of my 200-hour <laughs> And that was a while back, like seven, eight years ago. And I didn't really get it at the time. I was in beautiful Bali and it was easy to relax there. And it just felt so nice because we were so tired from all of the physical elements of the teacher training. So it felt like nap time. Mm. Um, But I, I guess I really fell in love with it when I came to what you'd call, um, a personal sort of crisis. Mm. I had 
tried everything else, Kat. <laughs> right, I tried so all the talk, doing things. <laughs> yeah, talk, talk me through your list. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'd read all the books. I'd listened to the podcast. I'd spoken to the friends. I had gone to the workshops and the classes and I just looked everywhere else except the one place that, you know, that is the breast and of being completely still. And I kind of had to arrive there naturally because, you know, if not, it would have just been like a toddler kicking and screaming, having a patty. (laughs) You know, like, I I don't want to be still. I don't want to be still. But kind of to the point where I was so exhausted. Yeah. I'm just going to lie down. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to lie down and see what's there. And I guess because I didn't really have the the fight in me to like resist it anymore Mm. it was a space in which everything could just present itself Mm -hmm. and be processed and that took a lot of time I wasn't going to say it was easy but it was the one thing that I'd never done (laughs) right and And, yeah yeah. I'll let you you well well, well, what did you experience when you started to deeply rest it was really it was really confronting Mm. I felt a lot of emotions, these deep thoughts, I guess, that were, you know, running the show and from the subconscious sort of mind. I saw the repetition of that. Mm -hmm. I saw that I was just literally tired. My body was exhausted from this fight Mm. (laughs) to, you know, improve myself when really it was about being able to be with myself and so yeah a lot of stuff comes up and I I do see this when I'm teaching and over the years of teaching restorative like I see and rather feel because it looks like from the outside nothing's happening Mm -hmm. but it's a felt experience and the the changes that take place in people and and that took place in myself Mm -hmm. are just such a slow burn but lasting Mm -hmm. I guess I'll say interesting yeah. and, and what form does the rest take when you first started doing it yeah um at first it was literally lying down in shavasana no. um maybe with some cushions and then it sort of began to really expand into you know other various shapes and to be honest I didn't have any props at the time so mm-hmm. a really key piece for me is being able to share this practice with what you have at home because it's just been such a game changer for me and not waiting to have the things, you know, is a big part of that and it can put people off from from yeah. starting now. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, we, we all have these scripts that we run, don't we? Oh, yeah, well, when, I'll, when this happens, I can start doing this. When I have the <laughs> special bamboo pillow of da-da-da. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think, like, in terms of that too, um, it's not waiting until you're completely burnt out, not waiting until you're injured or unwell mm. to start this practice because what I then saw, of course I started, that was my entry point and it is for many people, mm-hmm. but what I then saw was that when I continue to include rest in my everyday life, mm-hmm. like literally it's my daily practice, my presence with myself, with others, begun to expand in in ways that I just didn't imagine were possible from doing nothing (laughs) oh so interesting yeah and have you Mm -hmm. done yoga nidra before how does it sort of relate to yoga sleep 
I feel it's different in the sense that or the way that I practice it and offer it, it's in sort of silence. Mm-hmm. So whereas yoga nidra is done, you know, on the back of the body or on the side of the body if you're pregnant or injured or mm-hmm. um, on the left-hand side of the body. And that sort of that practice takes you around your body using the voice of the teacher or the guide mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and is awakening I guess your sensation throughout the body and awareness of your body at this very deep level where the brainwave activities are, are similar but different to restorative yoga. But both of them are immensely valuable. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, it's sort of hard to choose which, <laughs> yeah. which I practice both. Yeah, that they are different in the sense that you're being guided quite deeply in yoga nidra and in restorative, not so much the way I teach anyway, and I leave people to experience what they experience. Interesting. Um, and I'll go into more of that later on. But mm-hmm. you do straddle when the body relaxes in that way, you do straddle these states of consciousness mm-hmm. and the the brain waves move to such a beautiful place that they do as when we sleep. So mm-hmm. it's deeply nourishing for us. What I want to do is talk about the shapes because I have been to a restorative class and it was quite a busy class. It was full of props, full. Everyone had about eight bolsters, 400. What studio has eight bolsters for each person? (laughs) Tell me. I want to go work there. (laughs) But the entire time seemed to be sort of constructing houses for yourself, for the body (laughs) and... um, and it was quite busy because it was like making Lego all the time and changing shapes. And then the teacher was talking quite a lot. So in a way, it was um, it was as busy as a Vanessa class, but a different kind of busy. And is that something that you also teach is sort of going into the shapes and using all, all of the props in the studios and things like that? When I have quieter classes, um, I'm able to have multiple bolsters and blocks and blankets and, you know, that's fantastic. And I think the reason that we use so many props and that will differ depending on the person, you know, each individual's body Mm -hmm. and their composition physically but also mentally, psychologically, like we need to be able to give them different support. And Mm -hmm. so having a multitude of props to do that really allows the physical body to soften quite a lot because we don't want any sort of sensation because when your body registers a stretch, mm-hmm. it's registering a stress. Oh. So, and it's not like the negative, like fight or flight. <laughs> yeah. Like oh, being chased by a lion kind of thing, <laughs> but it is a stress on the body. And we're trying to eliminate any sort of stress so that we're able to spend more time or energy flowing into the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest, where our immunity gets a big boost, our reproductive system gets a flow of energy, obviously the digestive system as Mm. well. So, you know, the less that we are physically doing, even though you're doing quite a lot to set yourself up in the props, once you're in the shape, that has been you know, allocated yeah. for a particular reason, um, yeah. you're there to just simply be. And that I found really, really, really hard when I was at yeah. the class. And as we said, the teacher called me 
Because I was like, oh, I can't feel it. You know, I kept kind of wanting to adjust myself. So I was like, oh, I can't feel the stretch. It's like, you're a sensation seeker. Stop it. Mm. That's <laughs> how we've been conditioned. It's yeah, not just it. you. That's it. So when, when you go through yoga class, you're like, oh, I don't quite feel this. I'll do a little bit more mm. so I can feel it. And it's interesting. This is literally the opposite of what the practice. Yeah. I haven't ever had that explained to me in such a clear way. Interesting. Mm. Because actually it's failing to feel the sensation that enables your body to properly rest. Yeah, but this is the thing. It's like, and, and also why I don't teach with music so much or speak right. so much anymore in classes because it's just another distraction to take you away from the thing that you don't want to feel wow. or the thing you don't want to be with. Yeah. I'm not saying that in like a really sensationalist way or dramatic way, mm-hmm. but nine times out of ten we're looking outwards because there's something that we don't want to be present to inward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and also we're so in our culture, we're so everything is out there. Yeah. You never stop and look inwards. We just don't. Um, no, and this is why for me it's such a bold and radical practice. Right. Because you're going up against all of the conditioning <laughs> that you know is pinned upon us from society to be more, to do more, like faster, quicker, like all of that sort of stuff that we're inundated with all of the time. The productivity one—that's a huge one. Yeah, you know. But actually, just you know, between you and I and the listeners, like I schedule in more rest. Like yesterday, I paused three times. Mm in my day and I, I'm up to a lot of stuff as I was mentioning to you before this yeah. so like it gives me this real <sighs> presence it's a homecoming practice mm. and you're you know and if you want to go a little deeper than that it's like returning to source it's return, returning to essence your essence your truth mm. you know, so it's like a meditation up. for you yeah it really is for me because in in the stillness, like I just get to be with whatever is there. Like some days, like, trust me, it's really confronting. Some days I don't want to yeah. lie down and be with my thoughts or my feelings or I'm running the list of what I need to do, like cook the dinner, you know, yeah. get the laundry on, got to get that essay done, you know, like yeah. do this social media post and like, you know, prep for my next classes. But like, you know, it's all human and I think that's, this is why I teach this awareness practice through the start of my classes and remind people of this power that resides in their breath to help them navigate the stillness because it's a transferable skill. Like the more you do less, Mm -hmm. the more you're able to then feel and be aware of and carry into the rest of your day. Like life, it's always going to come up with something really interesting or challenging for you to be with and so the more that I found that I can be with myself the more I'm able to be with what life is presenting me and like some when really hard things happen Mm -hmm. I've found over the years of having a consistent practice with this they move through at a rate that is far quicker than they they would have done previously when this practice wasn't part of my everyday life Absolutely fascinating. So to me, that sounds very similar to my, I'm going to admit, slightly skeleton meditation practice that I do. I do try to do that every morning, just a sort of five minutes of sitting still before the busyness of the day begins to try and shut everybody up, everybody in my head, all the people. (laughs) Yeah, I know how many people are in our heads and they're all us. 
crazy. There's a whole army of them. They were shouting yeah. at each other. And I just wonder sometimes what they have to do with me anyway. I think it's interesting yeah. parallel that you made there with meditation. I found personally like restorative helped me to meditate more because uh-huh. my body was more relaxed. Yeah, right. And I find that there's this sense, uh, an element of like doing in a seated meditation practice in my personal experience. I, yeah. I'd have to make sure it was right and that I wouldn't move and that I wouldn't think and that I had to focus on one thing. Whereas when I, in a more comfortable position, be it Shavasana or mm-hmm. legs up the wall or mm-hmm. you know, whatever it might be that I'm drawn to that I feel I need that day, my body softens. And then because my body softens, my mind softens and I can somehow access this ability to be with what I'm feeling experiencing in a different way than when I'm sitting still and trying to focus on doing it right mm, very that's just me so yeah. well no I, I I for me that resonates and it resonates so deep that I'm sort of trying to um unpack it all because you're absolutely right in meditation you know the, the sitting up and the getting it right it does occupy and obviously you know, the anchoring to the breath or whatever it mm. is that I'm trying to anchor to is something that I try to anchor to. But the reason that I do that is mm. because otherwise I can't shut the people up. Mm. I just find them too overwhelming. But maybe if I was lying down in a shavasana and were feeling more comfortable, more relaxed, maybe mm. that would naturally quieten them. Maybe. Maybe try and then report back. <laughs> Yeah, this sounds like a great experiment, and I'd love yeah. the listener to have a go doing that. I'd love thoughts from people because we've all got sort of our experiences of quieter yeah. practices and where they lead us. And I feel um, like this hmm. this too is like when I came to resting, like when I was telling people like this is my daily practice, they look at me like I'm kind of crazy, yeah. like, it's, like it's indulgent or yeah. that I'm lazy or, you know, for just lying down and, and finding rest. But like when I look at it, you know, in the context of my life and the context of being a creative person, because I do believe that every single one of us is innately creative. That's mm-hmm. our essence. That's how we came to be in this world as, as human beings through that act of creation itself. So I think that when I look at it that way, rest is a vital, you know, point in which to come to mm-hmm. because without it, the act of doing and momentum and movement just can't exist. It's mm-hmm. like even when you think about the breath, something as simple as that, most people and myself included when I first started practicing yoga, like I just thought it was the in and out breath. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that there were pauses mm-hmm. in between the breaths. Yeah, that's right. And there has to be a pause in between for the, each of the other two movement parts to exist. So we're we're no different. We are nature ourselves. Like we need those pauses, and the body actually comes to relax more deeply in restorative yoga than it does when you're sleeping. Oh, that is so, fascinating. Now people will yeah. love to hear about that because there's so many people <laughs> who can't sleep very well. Yeah. So I was I was I um, was speaking to a physiotherapist because I've got a, a client that's got a lower back issue and. I, I didn't make this correlation. I don't know why. <laughs> mm. But she was saying to me, like, you know, if he was to lie on his front and relax his lower back, he's going to have a far greater calming, soothing experience for all of the muscles there when if it, than if he was to, like, lie down and fall asleep. Because it's, like, signaling to the body 
mm. that it's able to just like slow down and soften in a really constructed way. Mm. So I found that really fascinating. Yeah, that's that the mind's going a mile an hour, <laughs> a million miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's a very interesting thing because, you know, it's like winter as well. It's another great example. It's a season where it looks like nothing's happening. Oh, but we couldn't have spring without winter. Damn straight. So, like, <laughs> you know, it's like one of those things, like we forget that mm. we are part of that. Mm. You know? oh, it's, it's so fascinating because um, lately I've been, you know, I, I'm on a bit of a journey of discovery right now. I'm just sort of finding things out that I find interesting. And there have been a lot of people who completely separately have pointed me in the direction of rest. And Mm. to be honest, I think it's an incredibly hard practice. It's a very advanced practice. It's something which our culture is so against. And you know what? I'm going to admit something. For the first 20 years of practicing yoga, Mm. I walked out of Shavasana. It's so hard. I could do all the upside down poses, but I couldn't lie down. It's so hard. Yeah, it just, it seems impossible. When we're running around, when we're doing, 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 a yoga class is easy because you can carry on doing. Mm -hmm. But to actually stop, well, that is impossible, it seems sometimes. And it's fascinating to me that I have spoken to so many separate people So one person I spoke to was a nutritionist Mm -hmm. and Henrietta Norton, and she has said, actually, the most important thing you can do to your body, yes, eat right, but you can't even absorb nutrients unless you're resting. Yeah. Wow. And that's a nutritionist saying it because you'd have thought she'd be like, oh, just take my supplements, which is like, no, no, no. No, no, the body can't absorb any of that if there's no energy in the digestive system itself. Fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that most of us are running on empty. We're busy taking in all the green juices, all this, that, and the other diet. But mm. I'm not taking any of it in. Yeah, I mean, we all, you know, me included, you know, want that little blue pill sometimes. Absolutely, we do. <laughs> and you know, it's uncomfortable. But I think this is why it's really important for people to find initially safe spaces to come and practice in because doing this on your own it is hard it is hard it is hard I'm not gonna lie that is it's hard it's really hard but like when you and it still is hard in in a group but like when you come together it's this collective that's like okay yeah we're here we're safe someone's holding me in this space and like that's for me my most important role is to make sure people know that this is a safe space to be themselves to be with whatever might be going on in their life and you know people don't come out of these classes jumping and dancing and sharing stories on Instagram about how great their class was (laughs) because it's so personal so intimate and like the emails that I am blessed to receive Mm. hearing about the changes people make doing this I'm getting emotional now talking about it you know like it's it's big stuff it's really big stuff and you know I just urge everyone to at least try this practice so again so let's let's talk about the emotion (laughs) that comes up because that's something that folks 
do find really hard because even in a shavasana, in a short shavasana, mm. there'll always be a couple of criers, won't there? Mm. <laughs> and it's the and first it's time they stop. Yeah, right. And and it's so hard because they might be like, oh, I did that and I cried and I didn't like it and I'm not coming back mm. to it. Mm. And I and I can relate to this because after I went through my divorce and a really shitty period in life, yeah. I wanted to practice, but frankly every time I got anywhere near the yoga mat it just became an ocean of fears <laughs> yeah yeah and I think like that ocean of fears and emotions is more around the stories we have of them than actually feeling them uh, at least that, that's my truth in that matter because when I think it was in Anadea Judith's book as well I think I read this clearest emotions are just energy in motion and when we inhibit the emotion from being felt Mm -hmm. being witnessed it gets trapped in our body Ah. and the emotion itself when we give it full permission to just move through it only lasts 90 seconds Mm. for it to be fully moved through now if you consider the fact some people are uncomfortable with their emotions and they keep pushing down and pushing down and pushing mm-hmm. down and pushing down and pushing down because they're like telling the story that it's not safe, it's not mm-hmm. good, like to, to be emotional, you know, whatever the story might be. It compounds the issue when they maybe first come to a restorative practice or to a shavasana at the end of a dynamic movement-based yoga mm-hmm. class because it might be the first time they've actually created a pocket of space for something to show up of that nature yeah that's right and I think that's the beauty of rest of stillness mm-hmm. because it's a space for things to arise and move and transform in some capacity things need space for that to happen that's why like a yoga retreats are so powerful mm. because you're in this container that is longer than you normally get with your beloved teacher of choosing mm-hmm. and you get to have time away from your life so there's it's just space and space and space for things to take place and to feel the effects of the power of the practice whatever it might be absolutely oh I must say I I've I've had some of my deepest life experiences on yoga retreats I absolutely agree it's the dropping away of having to worry about oh what am I going to have for dinner (laughs) and and also mundane shit we have in our life yeah but equally like I view restorative practice doing it every day it's like why wait for that retreat every year or so? Like you yeah. can have this essence every single day if you commit to five minutes. doesn't have to be long. Yeah, right. This is why I mean it's a slow burner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? but, but it's very hard for people to do. And I'm now recalling a conversation because, to be mm. honest, as I say, I'm, I'm on a journey of discovering the importance of nourishing your body in this way mm. and supporting your body in slower practices. And I was speaking to somebody who was like me. She'd been practicing for 20, 25 years. But she still, you know, she works in London and has a very, very high-powered job and Mm. very type A, busy, da-da-da. And she still practices, I found very interesting, um, a lot of vinyasa and ashtanga. Mm -hmm. And and I can completely understand because they're fabulous practices, but she doesn't do the slower practices unless she's already done her half hour of vinyasa or ashtanga. And I yeah. said, well, you know, would you even think about trying something like Qigong, like yeah. Yin? I mean, God, Yin is so different to restorative. Yeah. And there's a whole it is. conversation. But, but because it's more doing. But I think yeah. that 
to tell her to <laughs> unplug and lie down, lie down and get yourself supported for 20 minutes, she wouldn't be able to do it. So what's a good entry point for, mm. um, and, and I find it really hard. God, it's not just pointing fingers. I find it it's impossible practice. How, mm. how can we make this accessible? How can we make this? In speaking to that, I think the first thing is permission. Mm. Until we give ourselves permission mm. to pause, you know, it could be a minute, could be two minutes. Until we give ourselves that, <laughs> it's going to be an uphill battle. Right. Um, so it's a conscious intention. Yeah, I think so. Because I, what I notice is when people come into classes and like, they're like, oh, it's okay, I'm here now. Like you can see their whole body's just like soften right. because they know they're allowed to rest in this space. Mm. Because I'm giving them permission, if not them giving it to themselves. Mm. It's having this like, okay, for now I'm just going to do my best to be. And like we're not human doings, we're human beings. I know that's been said many, many times by many people. Mm-hmm. But we need to give ourselves permission to step into the being mm. where we start to, you know, unravel the doing. Mm. I'm not going to say that that's easy, but... It can be as simple as the awareness practice I guide people through, which is Mm -hmm. like on your inhales, just welcome, accept to the best of your ability, whatever is present, be that sounds in your environment, smells, the physical sensations in your body, the thoughts, the emotions that are present, whatever is there amongst those elements is your experience. Just welcome those Mm -hmm. with your inhale and just feel that fullness of that at the top of your breath. And then as you breathe out, just let it go to whatever capacity, let it be, let it settle. And then you just like, you come back into your body and you just keep repeating that. Even that's for a minute, two minutes, like I said before, Mm. whether you're sitting in a chair on the tube, you know, because there's never going to be the perfect space Mm -hmm. with total stillness and like exactly how you want it to your personal preference to do these practices. In fact, I actually am so grateful that I'm in London mm. doing this because if I was living in Australia still where everything's easy and breezy and really relaxed yeah. <laughs> compared to the hustle and bustle of the energy of this city, yeah. um, I, I don't know that I would have found it in such a profound way. Mm. It's such a sort of contra, in, I don't know what the right word is, but, but because it's so contra to your everyday experience yeah. of stepping out. It's so vital yeah. to have it. Like whereas in Australia you can go for a walk and you're just amongst nature. And I mean, there's beautiful parks in London, but you've got the planes going over, the buses, the sirens, the kids, like everything's happening. And when you can start to connect to all of your experience just mm. as it is, and like just welcoming mm. everything that's there, not having to change it, not having to fix it, Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. can allow yourself that permission to just be with it and that's pretty radical it's it's really radical like I said at the start this is why this practice is so radical mm. because actually when we don't really do that we're always about mm. fixing things and getting things better yeah. Yeah. That's right. yeah there's nothing you need to fix yeah yeah I'm saying that to myself just as much as everyone listening. Yeah, I know, I know. And it's hard, isn't it? It's so hard, but it's so Mm. important to realize that as a very, and I like, what I like about this is it's a very deep, intuitive feeling level. 
it's not an understanding level or a cerebral because sometimes meditation feels like it's quite cerebral yeah it's just possibly more embodied mm. um, i think it was i was listening to um i love krishna das like i love him to bits and he does these satsangs they're recorded and Mm-hmm. He describes, you know, bhakti and kirtan as this coming back to this place of okayness, and I feel the same about restorative yoga. Yeah, it's like coming back to this. Yeah, you're okay. You're yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah. You can handle whatever is going on. You're going to be okay. Yeah. It's like that gentle sweetness talking to yourself, mm. like that. It's just like a really beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. So I touched on it briefly, and the difference between yin and restorative, it's pretty massive difference. I get this a lot in classes where people are like, oh, sod these props off, I'm just going to, you know, feel a little bit more. Yeah, Um, I love it. it, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, I was there too, I could feel that. But it's different in the sense where, you know, the, the classes I've experienced of yin, there's this constant stream of sensation in the body, mm-hmm. constant to the point where you're like, oh, my God, if I don't move out of this posture right now, yeah. I don't know if I'll be able to get up and walk <laughs> <laughs> after, after this hip opener. That oh sounds God. very familiar uh, to me. Yeah. And, like, and there's something about being with the sensation that feels almost similar to restorative without the sensation like there's this real presence that comes from the aliveness and like mm. seeing all of the stuff that comes up through the sensation of a yin practice mm. that I, I can understand when people are drawn to in the sense of presence but for me it's still a doing yeah yeah it's still Very an much. element of that and there's also too like the constant narration or talking over the top mm-hmm. of the class Mm-hmm. And and maybe the possibility of music, depending on the teacher. Yeah. So that you're more like taken on this journey of sensation through your body and and through the tissues and the, the, the mm-hmm. joints and all of that that you know brings up stuff. As I mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. emotions get trapped in the body when they're not felt. So there can be quite an emotive pull in the yin class more so than restorative. Yeah. Where the mind, it's not so much the mind, like more of the, the body and the emotions that are trapped in there. That's at least my experience of it. Whereas in restorative, you get all the voices in your head coming up too. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. There's no one there <laughs> to like pacify that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, you can still get the emotional responses, but you get, you're more aware of the whole, all of the elements of your experience in a restorative class because the body's not feeling anything physically. In the same way it is in a yin class. Yeah. That makes complete and utter sense to me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and have you been tempted that as part of your mm-hmm. healing from your trauma? Were you tempted? Were you practicing yin regularly? I actually didn't when I first started practicing yoga. I had an amazing mm-hmm. teacher in Australia, um, Jennifer Crescenzo, and I just absolutely adore her. She was the pioneer of yin yoga in Australia. She just studied with um Paul and Susie Grilly. So mm. she was just like, I saw her classes go from like five to 10 to 30 in a matter of a couple of years. And I was very lucky to practice with her. And that was at the very sort of start of my self-discovery. Like I was like diving into deconstructing my identity and my mm. stories and all of this stuff. And so Yin was a really big player in that. 
Mm. Um, and I just felt so supported by Jennifer that it, it was at the right time for me. Great. Uh, whereas I think what I have found over the years and sort of as I sort of started on this podcast, like I'm wanting to be more, I guess, present to myself and taking all of the distractions away has become mm. really important to me. Mm. And it also has enabled me to find my voice, who I am from that deepest place because there's, again, nothing distracting me. Yeah, that's very interesting. I had a very similar experience with Yoga Nidra. It was that being very, very quiet with myself, and it was the first time mm-hmm. I've been able to be very still and quiet that mm-hmm. enabled me to, I think, get the courage to break out of my job and do what I'm meant to be doing. Yeah. Um, but, it, it, but it came from stillness. Mm. And if we talk about what the benefits are, so why is it that people should be bothered to do their five minutes of stillness every day? <laughs> because, you know, it's funny. We always talk about, well, yeah. these are the benefits of the cardio and this is, you know, everyone knows, okay, right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to eat my greens because of this. Why rest? Yeah. Why should we do that? Well, I mean, I mentioned it earlier. It's about self-regulation, really. It's about understanding that we can, we are able through this stillness practice to mm-hmm. let the nervous system swing back into the parasympathetic, into the rest and digest, you know. And knowing that we're able to do this for ourselves on a regular basis is going to bring on all of the benefits to, you know, the body. So I'll mention them again. Mm-hmm. Number one, is the digestive system because when the energy flows into that, then it boosts boosts the immunity. Okay, so that's like what the nutritionist was saying. There is no point eating this great stuff. No, no. There's no point. (laughs) Not when when you're – because when you're in a stress response, all of the energy is everywhere else in your body. It's not not in the digestive system. So it allows for assimilation of the nutrients of the food Mm. when the energy is there. Yeah, I think it's worth really sort of gulping that in <laughs> because yeah. it's actually so important. Yeah, I mean, the best sound, and I'll never, I'll never forget it, is um, when in classes you hear, or in my own practice, I hear the sound of my digestive system coming mm-hmm. on. And, you know, sometimes it can be really loud and sometimes people in classes can sound like they're having conversations with the people next to them because it's like, like all those, you know. Delightful yeah. sounds, the energy is starting to move there again. And it's again so important for the immune system. Yeah. But it's also reproductive system, mm-hmm. huge. You know, like I meet so many women who are wanting to have children. Mm-hmm. They need relaxation is key in that. And that's very interesting, isn't it? Because I've uh, I've heard exactly the same. Um I was mm talking to the wonderful women from the Red School and we were talking yeah. about things that were helping and yeah. they said exactly the same. It's rest. Yeah. And this is what's taking our bodies completely out of balance. Yeah. So that, that's a really big one. And that's for men too, you know, mm-hmm. their reproductive systems. It's also fantastic because through this practice, our heart rates slow down, mm. our breathing slow down, our brain waves drop down. You know, unless you're having one of those experiences in a practice where you just feel like your mind is going so fast. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, with practice, we can drop into these spaces more frequently. Mm. You know, 
it's just like learning down dog. The more you do it through the repetition, your body starts to remember that shape. Just like your nervous system, your body starts to remember how to just drop down. Oh, yes, this is rest. And it's really, yeah, I remember, I know this feeling. It's like an embodiment. It's like, oh, this is what it is. And, you know, I see kids really getting this. Like I'm lucky over, you know, school break time that parents bring their children to some of my classes and Mm. just get it, especially teenagers. They're like, yeah, let me lie down. This is awesome. Oh, my God. (laughs) You think about how quick they're growing. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been amazing to have had you on hand if I was a teenager. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, it is exhausting being a teenager, growing up, all of the trauma, all of the stuff, all of the busyness, all of the stuff mm. to do. Yeah. Oh, to have permission to rest, that would have been yeah. so great. Yeah, and I think that it does. Permission is really, really key. Mm. Uh, some of the other benefits too, um, the key one for me is a sense of presence, mm. you know, it can be the ability of just of being with yourself but mm-hmm. and being with others, but it can be a greater, deeper, more spiritual presence, mm-hmm. this sense of oneness, yeah. okayness. Like for me, that's the biggest driver because I feel like explaining the physiological things mm-hmm. is a level of understanding. But when you experience it for yourself and like humans learn through experience, when you feel it, then you know it. Yeah truly know it because it's been in your body Mm -hmm. whereas understanding and hearing me speak about all of these Mm -hmm. things like yeah yeah I've heard that before I know I know I know but you don't really know until you felt it well I suppose it's like describing swimming there's no you know like yeah yeah, you've got to get wet and experience it I mean and I I do encourage people you know like I I sort of preface it at the start I'm like you can feel really relaxed and blissed out and maybe even fall asleep but you might also be confronted because this might be the first time you stopped. Mm. And so, like, it's a full spectrum of learning how to be with the spectrum too in this mm. practice. But yeah, I, I encourage people to get wet. <laughs> using yeah. yeah, yeah, nice. And, mm. and, I, I, and in terms of people just being able to incorporate it into their yeah. lives, Mm. And when, when do you, when, what does your personal practice look like? How do you do it? Uh, I was hoping you'd ask me this. So um, <laughs> I have a morning practice mm-hmm. and um, one of the classes I filmed was around vitality and I find that when I practice in the morning, be it a pose or in a sequence, I just feel so much clearer for my day. Mm. I'm starting from homecoming because yeah. – a lot of people, myself included, you know, sleep can really fluctuate in its quality for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just roll out of bed. I'll do either my restorative practice or my Reiki self-healing, which, you mm-hmm. know, gives me a really similar experience. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go about the rest of my morning routine. But right. it's always there. And then, you know, as my life is starting to be more abundant and juicy with all the things I've got going on, then I... Mm-hmm plan in rest like yesterday I planned in rest and I plan on doing that today also do you literally put it in your diary so you know yeah, one, one person thing 2 p.m with myself yeah, <laughs> that is brilliant. yeah. I that have is to really radical. Um, because when I don't and like my 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 personal coach is like helping me sort of see that because like uh-huh. I'm getting swept up in the doing and he's like, oh, this is a great insight. And then I made the connection. So now I'm 
as I'm getting busier, I'm putting in more rest in my day. Mm. And I'm lucky I've created, I've actually created my life to work mostly from my home. Mm-hmm. So for me, I can do that. And I think of people who, you know, are in offices or co-working spaces, oh, you know, it's hard. It can, it, it's hard, you know, but um, people have told me that they use yoga nidra, mm-hmm. sitting, and like there's, there's ways of doing it, you know, especially once you've had the taste for it. Yeah. You know the quality, you know the benefits, you felt them yourself. Then it's when you start to incorporate it on a more regular basis. It's such a shame, isn't it, that it's completely fine to leave the office to go to the gym for 20 minutes to do a power workout, hit session. Or to go have a cigarette too. Let's not forget people sleep to go do that. (laughs) But it's not okay to take five minutes to rest. Oh, it's really kind of like um, I would love an opportunity to go into corporate spaces and talk about this because it doesn't need to take that long. It doesn't even need to be the 15, 20 minutes, you know, like mm. it creates, funnily enough, doing nothing creates more productivity, creates more sense of abundance. It, it does mm-hmm. so much from doing so little. And isn't it funny? I always think it's quite odd because Brits are one of the least productive people um, I think, in terms of nationality. <laughs> But it's the Italians, it's the Spanish, it's the French. They take a long, re- you know, they take their yeah. siestas. Yeah. And yet they're more productive. Yeah. Well, you think about it too. Like you've eaten a big meal, yeah. you do nothing. You let it assimilate. Yeah. And, it, and, and my dad is Italian and he always, because he was a lawyer in you know, quite big law firms, and he'd always take a siesta after his lunch. <laughs> yeah, he knows. And, <laughs> and and I think I, I think it was just sort of an allowed it just the thing people were sort of thought, oh well, he's a quirky but then he was a white guy and I wonder if a woman who would have the same amount of power to do that. I wish mm-hmm. it was okay to do it. Mm. And, and I do think also, if I can just sort of riff, there's a difference between what men and women might find restful. So I think for yeah. some guys you know, honestly, going on a skiing holiday, they will feel as rested or whatever. Whereas, yeah. you know, obviously his massive generalizations, but <laughs> you know, yes and no. Yeah. Because we have the seasons within us as women, our hormones balancing, our hormone cycles are completely different. Men mm-hmm. go to sleep, they replenish, they wake up, they go down, they sleep, and they replenish, they go up and down with their testosterone. Yeah. Right. You know, very simple. Yeah. You know? yeah. Whereas ours is a little more complicated and more um, affected by stress, right. I would say. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we have a, this for people who don't know, like we have the seasons built into our moon cycles, our cycles. And so winter is a key one. Mm. Mm. So, the point in which we must honor the call to go within and retreat and to do nothing because yeah. there's so much wisdom in that space of like going inward and resting and calling forth what we want for the next cycle like you know I'm friends with uh, Maisie Hill you may have heard of her book period power she talks about rest in that yeah like so much and every time I was reading it on a page I was like fist pumping I was like yes Telling women like yes we need to rest what needs to happen yeah absolutely and and I've heard exactly the same from the red school their podcast yeah in a bit and that's exactly the message it's like yeah we need to take into Mm. account who we are take our hormones and our Mm. 
stages in our cycle as much as our life cycle as well. And that's it too, like life cycle. Obviously, there's a point in which, you know, we're able to just go, 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 go mm-hmm. and like run on that trajectory. And then there's yeah. times of going in and slowing down. And yeah, I really think there's a lot of wisdom in the slowing down. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So. Again, I was speaking to, um, cause <laughs> we've just done book club with Mimi mm. and she, her book show. Yeah. Is about mm. sort of creating, cultivating a more balanced life. And she's like, yeah, it's just not appropriate to do the same exercise that you were doing at mm. you know, age 15 to what you're doing age 15. <laughs> but this isn't something that we talk about in our culture. We're like, oh, I feel so young. I should be doing this. And Experience. like, it's not okay to be doing something different and acknowledging yeah. that your body needs something different. Yeah. I think that's what also like another side benefit of pausing and resting is. It's like you come to this sort of, awareness of being able to really listen to your body and that's something I didn't get so much or as profoundly when I was exploring movement-based yoga practices Mm -hmm. because I was going from one thing to the next quickly and although there were slower classes and you know own iterations of my practice and understanding of of it it it's in the slowing down that gives me more space to sort of relish in the sensation, whatever is present and having more awareness of how my body feels. And so pausing just allows me to listen and become more mindful of what it is that I need when I am operating in the doing state. Mm-hmm. So I do like hit workouts. I do all sorts of things. So I'm not just on yeah. that life down all the time. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, you, you do exercise? What? Um, <laughs> but it, it had, I've seen the transference of that wisdom from the pauses into everything else that I do. Mm, interesting yeah mm. there is a time for doing the exercise and for doing all the productive and busy things but yeah. you can be more productive and the exercise probably you can you can take in better if you're well rested yeah, yeah. so so your day looks like you start with your morning vitality practice and I'm really glad that you've recorded that with us so that oh, people are going to be able to experience it that is amazing yeah. And then you will go about your day, do your things. And at what point do you take your next rest break? I really, I work on a really intuitive basis. I think that's something else that has sort of become more pronounced as I've delved into rest. Mm -hmm. But um, I usually am quite productive until around lunchtime. And then after lunch, I'll have a rest. Mm -hmm. And then I'll work again through the afternoon. And because I teach over an evening, I'll probably have a second rest at around Mm -hmm. three or four Mm o'clock. And that will be a bit longer usually. And then I'm back in working and then out the door, go and teach a class and then I come back. Mm. So Interesting. And yeah. actually it's interesting how your day sort of mirrors again in, in the book show, yeah, and I've been finding out about the traditional Chinese way of, mm. of using your energy and what you're doing is very, very on point for what they suggest because that's exactly what they suggest. Oh. Is they say you have to take a rest after your lunch, <laughs> mm. and of course, and it is intuitive. But yeah. oh, how it is that we don't? So maybe if we're if we were going to give to the lovely mover out there who is taking the time to listen, how mm. can they just have their one thing? The one thing that would be the simple step. What What do you think it would be? Would it be the morning or the afternoon nap or time of the day? I feel like this practice is well received and met at the end of the day for people beginning. 
Great. I think, you know, it, as it is as, as advanced as, as we t- have talked about, mm-hmm. I think there's something, there's like more permission to pause mm-hmm. at the end of the day for people mm-hmm. and like naturally exist there. Yes. But that's a good one. Yeah, so have, have it, a little before bed, have a little meditative yeah. moment for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Have a rest, you know, or like have your meal, mm-hmm. do what you need to do, and then give yourself that time, like maybe shut down the phone, have like, five, 10, 20 minutes of just that time of being with everything from the day, letting it go and then just drifting off into bed. I find because people are so usually burnt out when they find this practice that Mm -hmm. that's when they can give themselves that permission. Mm -hmm. But I would suggest, you know, working your way up to meeting yourself at the start of the day in that way Mm -hmm. and seeing what happens as a result of it. Mm. Uh, Well, it would be great if people might be able to give this a go and let it how you get along with the practice yeah it would be great like I'm I'm really fortunate one of the studios I teach at they have a morning class on for me it's on a Sunday morning so you might not have the time to do it during the week but you have time on the week (laughs) so start there and see what what that creates for your experience of your weekends oh what a luscious way to start your Sunday that sounds Mm. brilliant it is the day of rest so it makes sense doesn't it (laughs) <laughs> absolutely absolutely mm. love that and did you have any other thoughts anything else that you really wanted to share mm, no other than I'll always advocate for this practice mm. because it really is such a bold and radical thing to do and so taking that first step towards integrating it as making it part of your life is so huge and I just acknowledge you for doing that Mm. like well done yeah so I want to leave it at that and you know where you can speak to me and find me and I look forward to sharing the videos with you well that is brilliant Adriana so yes your videos that you're just you have just started um filming for movement for modern life which I am Mm. absolutely thrilled about because we really had that gap we didn't have anybody who was really teaching just rest in this way so I'm thrilled that you have, you know, you're supporting us and you've come on board and you're able to share your practices. Where else mm-hmm. do you teach? Where can people find you? How can they get in touch? All of that. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm based in Southeast London. So I teach at Yoga Rise mm-hmm. in Peckham. Um, I teach at Kindred Yoga in Deptford. Right. And I teach at Yoga House in Lee right. and Union Station Yoga in Battersea. So I'm there and I'm, I'm a Reiki practitioner. So I offer that from my home and I offer restorative from my home as well because, you know, it's oh. a really important thing to Gold do. Gold star treatment. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I guess people can find me through my website. It's just mm-hmm. adrianazacardi.com. Mm-hmm. And it's the same for my Instagram handle. Great. And there's a lot of goodies on that website. I'm up to a lot as well as rest there's a few other projects that I'm working on so you can find all that stuff there and I really love um engaging with people so I would just suggest being on the mailing list because it's a beautiful community if you're interested in that and we have really great conversations there so lovely brilliant oh that well that sounds absolutely perfect well thank you so so much for taking the time to speak to me before the busy day begins Um, yeah really really do appreciate it thank you likewise thank you Kat thank you everyone (laughs) all right take care bye bye 
Gosh, I really am so enjoying our journey with our Champions of Change, going on a journey of discovery, finding out so many new interesting things and ways that I can live my happier, healthier and more sustainable life. I really hope that you're enjoying this voyage of discovery too. For more information on anything in here, please go to movementformodernlife.com forward slash podcast. And I am so grateful to you for listening in and supporting my mission and the mission of Movement for Modern Life so that we can continue to make a difference in the world. Now for my ask. It really does make a massive difference to us if you could take the time to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you found the podcast so that other people might be able to find this and benefit from all the discoveries I'm making. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so very, very much. I'm so grateful to you. And please do find out more about us and support us at movementformodernlife.com. That's all for now. Catch up with you soon.